Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number nine. I'm Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of the brand new digital nomad magazine called Rootless Living. On this episode, I chat with Heather Ryan, who is also known as the Tax Queen. Heather has been traveling on the road for over three years, and while on the road, she discovered a super niche with her tax consulting business, helping digital nomads and business owners that travel with their taxes. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, with that, everyone, I want to introduce Heather Ryan of Tax Queen. How are you, Heather? Doing great. Awesome. Happy to be here. Awesome. I am too. Where is here? Where are you right now? Uh, we're actually just outside Palm Springs, California. Nice. I have a, a family that has property in 29 Palms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Up by Joshua it. Tree. Yeah, I love that area, cool. without yeah. a doubt. So one of the things I like to ask people to come on the show is to kind of just quantify kind of who they are and what's going on in their lives. And so the first question I like to ask is, do you consider yourself a full-time nomad or part-time or location independent? Where do you see yourself? Full-time, part-time? We are full-time. Nice. What are you currently living in? We are in a fifth wheel currently. Have you always had a fifth wheel or? Uh, we've always had a fifth wheel, um, but we went from 42 feet to 31 feet last year. So we like say with it was our, our quickest diet ever. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow, 10 feet. That's a, so you have, your original rig was about the size of mine. Mine's about 42 feet. Okay. Um, but wow, there's a big difference between the 10 feet in a sense that you're noticing in the lifestyle is a lot more crowded, easier to travel. What are you noticing so far? We love it. We find it easier to travel, easier to fit into more spots, you know, national parks, state parks, that kinds of stuff. Um and we don't really notice the size difference. So we had a toy hauler and the, the difference was really the garage space, which we didn't utilize much. Mm. And that was our reasoning for getting rid of it. <laughs> if, if you're listening and you have a smaller rig, this is actually an issue for some of the larger rigs in national parks where it's first come, first serve. You don't have to take the 60 foot long pull through for your 15 foot pop up. <laughs> because there are people that show up with big rigs that have no choice, that we have nowhere to go. Do you still own a sticks and bricks or is it just all the rig? We do not. What's Our home is only on wheels. <laughs> love it. Love it. I do. It's funny that I still run into people that have either because Airbnb or whatever, maybe their fear of they, yeah. they won't, they still own it. We thought of keeping our house and uh, about a month before we actually hit the road, we put it up for sale. Like we changed our mind from renting to, to selling and we don't regret the decision. <laughs> it sounds like. When did you guys hit the road? When was your launch date? Uh, we sort of, we have like kind of two dates, I guess, essentially. We, we picked up our rig in California and drove it back to Denver, which is where we launched from. So we spent a month um, doing that. And we sort of consider that like our, our breaking point um, because it, we had never lived in an RV before that. And it was the experience of traveling too quickly and being really stressed for a month. Um, and we realized like as soon as we officially hit the road, I guess, November, early November, we were like, we have to slow that down. Like that was way too much and ridiculous. So we made, I feel like some of those rookie mistakes um, that first month, just driving our rig home to get our stuff. So, was that last year or when was this? What year? 2000, oh my gosh, 2016, 15. Paul, when, okay. did we, when did we sell the house? <laughs> I don't, I think it was 15. I think we okay. launched, we've been three years, four nice. years. Okay. <laughs> Three years. So 2016, sorry, the dates blur, right? It really yeah. does. 2016. So we're at three year mark. So yeah, 16. We're in 19. 
And then let's talk about a little bit what your life looked like back in 2015 or 16, whatever, whichever year it was when you didn't. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm in 2020 because I work in numbers. And so oh. I'm already looking to 2020 and that's why I'm confused. So, That's sorry. really funny now that I think about it, because even when you're in 2020, you were focused probably on 2019 numbers a lot of times for people. That's funny. Yes. We'll get to that too, why that becomes really, I mean, if Tax Queen didn't really hint to people, it's kind of funny to me. But um, what did your life look like? You know, um, describe uh, it to me. Well, prior to hitting a road, we both worked from home and our 10 by 10 spare bedroom, we shared it, you know, the office together. And I think that's kind of what hit the light bulb of why are we stuck here like neither of us hate like lights driving in the traffic and the the monotony of the same thing all the time like why are we stuck in this big house with whatever and we're already in a tiny space basically <laughs> um and so that was sort of the the kicker and we both love to travel like for me my favorite thing was planning our next vacation or, or trip of some sort i don't even care if it was literally like camping and i call camping as like going in our tent for the weekend um and i just yeah so i was like why, why are we stuck here like why can't we why can't we see more and always kind of be on vacation in a sense and exploring so well first i love that your definition of camping includes tents and actually camping it's funny that that's kind of a trigger word in and around full-timers for me i believe i'm rving and even yes. sometimes i'll say i'm actually pulling a condo let's be honest Yes. I'm, I'm moving my condo. I am not camping in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And I'm not on vacation, that's for sure, too, which we run right. into. So let me ask you about that. When Were you guys independently working for yourself at home, or were you working for other people? Uh, so my husband does consulting work, so he's working for himself, but essentially working for other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I was doing the same. I had kind of a balance of, of both. I was working for other people, doing small contracts, and building up my current business while I was was a sticks and bricks still so. gotcha and how'd your clients take that i've heard you know mixed stories when you there's a difference between remote in a shared office or room in your home would they yeah. that makes sense to people but when you say i'm now going to or did you tell them because you know obviously they're not seeing you face to face and if were there reactions from your clients at all uh yes Okay, yes, I'm the tax queen. We're gonna just get out and say that because I did rent an office during tax season and I had probably 15 or 20 people that came in and wanted that face-to-face -face time with me. They wanted their taxes done like immediately, you know, sit there for the hour, talk to me, get it done, walk out, it's all said and done. And I probably lost 75% of those clients um, because they wanted that face-to-face -face time. And I guess it, the way I looked at it is that I was building a life that was good for me and I wasn't building the life around my client. Mm. Um, and so I, I did keep some of them and some of them were like, that's really cool. And every time I talked to them, maybe several times throughout the year or even just during tax season, where are you now? Oh, that's <laughs> really cool. So I guess to me, it's just, you attract, you know, your best clients anyway. Um, and they're going to support you in the lifestyle that you choose. And as long as you're getting the work done and doing it right and on time and they, they shouldn't care. <laughs> right. No, I totally agree. But it is a weird phenomenon that happens that, wait, you're leaving. And, and there's literally people that I know that have clients that are in different states. They never see each other. And it's still right. like a weird issue to me. What about family and friends? How did they react to, you know, we're moving in an RV and we're hitting the road? Uh, 
mostly positive. Um, my mother was actually jealous that we could do that. <laughs> and um, my in-laws, I think they were excited for us, but they thought that we'd ended in divorce in a matter of less than a year. <laughs> and probably after the, I think it was about six or eight months in, they came and, and visited us and stayed in the same location, not in our RV, but in the same location. And they were amazed at how well we had taken to the life and they were like oh wow you're not going to get divorced like this this really suits you and we're excited because now we can travel the country and see you guys um and it's fun for us too so it's really in general we had a really supportive network and then because it's you and what you do i think this is a fun question that maybe i'll try to figure out because i think people are scared of talking about money and is this lifestyle less or more you don't have to get into the details obviously earlier but is it less or more than your lifestyle before as far as the cost that it costs to actually live the life? Uh, it varies. It's like all over the board. Um, you can live really cheaply if you choose to, but you can also like pay rent. You know what rent I say is the cost of being in an RV park or a campground um, and still be extravagant, still go out to eat and you know, still have all the same costs as far as, as that goes. So it's kind of all over the board. It's what you make of it. I, think. Oh, I guess I meant more just specifically for you. If you look back to what your, you know, the year oh, 2000. Yeah. Um, like if you're comparing apples. My to specific costs. I think for us, it was pretty on par. I mean, we were paying a mortgage and you still have your food and you know, like, I feel like maybe some of the categories get switched, like our gas expense maybe went up a little more. Since we were working from home, we rarely used our vehicles. And now we're obviously using it all the time. Right. Um, but, you know, like, we don't have maybe as big a heating bill or electric bills. So it kind of evens out in the end for us in particular. Gotcha. One shocker I introduced, I interviewed uh, Mark and Trish Leach of Keep Your Daydream, and they both worked from home. And they do less miles now traveling the country because of just all the errands and things they ran in two separate cars. And I thought that's really surprising. I don't know if I really know my, my mileage driving my kids to and from school. And then obviously I didn't work at home, you know, going to and from work. I yeah. might actually be driving less miles traveling the country, really funny. which is weird for, and again, it, like you said, it's different for different people. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have the kids, so we didn't have that. And there were probably days we never left the house. I, I know there were rather. Um, so yeah, which is a really good point because I think people think that that doesn't happen for RVers and it very much does. There are days where I go to check if I lock the door and I, maybe it's a little different as a dog owner for sure. I, I bet, but there are days I literally don't go outside. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, I was in the rig all day today. And I think everyone yeah. thinks it's kayaks and, you know, parachuting and <laughs> <laughs> rock climbing. Right, kind of right. <laughs> but then on a move day, you might drive 300 miles or something. Exactly. So. Right. So let's get into, you know, obviously it, it sounds like you stayed within the same profession from when you were bricks and sticks to now on the road, obviously. And let's talk about how that's working for you. And it sounds like you've really kind of, even though you stayed in the same, you know, helping people with taxes, you've really kind of niched and pivoted to a really big need, really. I mean, at least I can say I need someone like you for sure yeah. to understand <laughs> what happens now, but let's talk a little bit about what it is that you're doing with Tax Queen. Um, I did, I did really niche. You're, you're very correct in that. Um, so I actually inherited my business and I kind of apprenticed it under my mother-in-law and her focus was on in-home daycare. And I still have some of those clients left, but I knew that that wasn't my passion. 
Um, and so I pivoted to something that spoke to me and I could relate to and people understand, like I live the lifestyle. So when they come to me and say, whatever, I get it. And they don't have to like get questioned by their, that their tax person. Um, so that's really why I did that. And I also saw that huge need of these people being thrown into this, not thrown into, but choosing this lifestyle. And a lot of times being thrown into being a business owner, because that's a, a good way to be able to make it work. And they just don't know, you know, where to start and how to, how to keep the books and how to deal with taxes and all of that. Um, and so I just, I said, I, I want to help my fellow nomad. Like that's, that really speaks to me. Um, and I was there one day, I, you know, I started a business too. So I get it. And that's kind of how I've taken my business. Um, yeah. So I, it's funny that you and me are on kind of the same venture in the sense that, you know, I, I've always had a publishing kind of in my bones and in my background, I've had two different publications, but it was really like, I wanted to create what I needed when I started. And it sounds like you're creating what obviously a lot of people need and which is fantastic because I ask the questions all the time. Now that I'm a business owner moving into 2020, I'm trying not to collect a dime until January 1st for people so I don't have to be in business 2019. But what I'm amazed by is that I have all the same kind of questions that I never really got the answers as a entrepreneur in a sticks and bricks, especially when I use one of my rooms, like, can I write off my couch? I'm sitting on my couch all the time. Right. Is that my office? <laughs> to, can I write off miles and things of that yeah. nature? So how are you, how are you best kind of answering those questions, but without, you know, I mean, kind of, what's the phrase, you, you know, you're, you're giving the milk away, but you're not giving the cow away. How are you answering those questions and getting people to understand that they need really a, a tax person that truly understands this lifestyle? Um, I mean, most of the time I'm happy to give information away. And if you want to do your own tax return, that's, that's fine. Um, and as far as, I mean, the write-offs and deductions, I actually say there's less of them as an RVer, unfortunately, because our, mo our home is mobile and you can't write off your home. Like even in a sticks and bricks, you can't write off your whole house as a business deduction. Um, and so, I mean, that's my biggest thing is, you know, you can't take your RV, just doesn't make sense. Um, and if people want to, then that's their choice. But yeah, I mean, I give a lot of information um, on my blog. I, I have so many articles and free information for getting started, um, for deductions, expenses, how the like, laws keeps changing and affects you know, different things. Um, so I'm, I really am a believer of if you, if you give, it will come back to you in some, in some way. <laughs> no, I agree too. And, and I'm, you know, I went through your blog and just saw that there's a lot of really cool stuff that's outside of taxes. I mean, it kind of relates to taxes, like, you know, how to choose your domicile state. I mean, obviously that there are some tax benefits in doing that, but it's just good around just like healthy, good information about this lifestyle to understand. Cause that's a question that comes up quite a bit. You know, yep. especially as a new man, like, you know, people ask me all the time, are you really from South Dakota? I'm like, yeah, Los Angeles, South Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get that. Where are you from in Florida? Uh, 10 by 10 box. They're like, what? <laughs> it really is. Now, so I would say that with, are you doing a lot of uh, calls still with clients or is it mostly email? Uh, I do both. So nice. I'll do calls. Um, I, a lot of times, okay, this is like the the lawyer speak or whatever, even though I'm not a lawyer, I like to do things via email because numbers are written out. Your answers are written out. My explanations are written out. So you can come back and say, oh, what did Heather say last month or six months ago about taking this? Can I do that or can I not? Um, so it's for both of our benefits and that it's 
accessible, you know, later on. Um, so that's, I prefer email, uh, but I'm happy to do phone calls. I do a lot of initial phone calls, just getting to know clients. Um, I've had clients, you know, even though we're remote, they still want to like, what do you look like? You know, like, I want to see you like before I start paying you. Uh, so we'll exchange pictures or I'll do a Zoom call with them if, you know, we have bandwidth. Um, you know, it's, it's just making that connection still. Uh, people want to know who they're working with most of the time. So. No, totally. Well, let's, let's transition to that, the bandwidth. How's that been for you? I know a lot of people, that's a big concern. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm someone that's a little different that I have to do a lot of uploading. So it's, a, it's different for me than just, you know, email and then good data service. But how's that been yeah. your experience in three years? Have you been okay? Or has it been a real issue? Or where do you sit on the fence with that? Um, we've mostly been okay. It has been a stressor for both my husband and I. If we get to a new place and the bandwidth is low, um, we may not stay there as long as we anticipated. And we've had one place in three years that we had no internet, like no Wi-Fi, no cell service, nothing. And we spent two nights and had to leave. <laughs> um, you know, when your work depends on it, it's just, that's, that's life for us. And the only time we've gone a week away is literally a vacation. Um, and both of our, you know, clients knew we're gone. We're you know, inaccessible, no internet, no phone. Don't, you can't reach us. Um, but that was pre pre-planned. <laughs> I feel like there's a business model there where we as nomads could share the areas that have no service. And that's where parents could take their kids that are addicted to their screens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's where it. they, that's where yeah. they go camping. It's like, you guys, I'm so sorry. It said it had good Verizon here. Yep. I don't know what to tell you. And then they just have a week yeah. of the kids have no, a completely different you know, experience. Funny that you say that because sometimes we we switch between boondocking and being in campgrounds. We really like to vary it up, and we have been in campgrounds. And you know, in the summertime, there's more families out there. And I just look and I see these kids. They're they're on vacation for the week, right? Like they're, they're supposed to be camping, even if they're on an RV, whatever. And they're just sitting. They're outside watching TV on the side of their RV, or like all sitting around a campfire on their phones. And we're like, what? Like. For us, this is our lifestyle, and I still want to sit outside. If I'm going to sit outside, it's just going to be us hanging out, you know, having a drink, whatever, eating dinner outside. Like, our phones aren't visible. <laughs> and I just, I baffle at that, that there's complete, constant connection. Um, so I feel like we need that dis disconnect to downtime, so... Yeah, I think there's a, that we need like a no shoes, no shirt, no service, you know, what yeah. I mean? like situation <laughs> where the kids get back to that for sure. I, I really am passionate about people finding you and getting to you because I think this is a this is one of those questions I think cell phones really big I think where do I get my mail is one and then uh -huh. especially business owners it's really understanding the dynamics of doing business in different states while traveling so like what's a what's a piece of information that like business owners need to be thinking about that maybe they're not thinking about when it comes to this lifestyle and taxes uh, the biggest, I guess I'm going to say mistake that I see business owners, especially new business owners, is making sure you keep up with your self-employment taxes. If you uh, are a regular, just sole proprietor or, you know, small business owner, and so that there is no surprise at the end of the year. Hmm. <laughs> um, that's probably the biggest, I, I say mistake. And it's just, you know, it's you know, if the unknown um, and you didn't know that that was coming, uh, you weren't prepared. So that's my biggest pointer. I got that. And I do want to go back real quick because I thought what you mentioned in the beginning was interesting and I want to hear how you overcame the challenge of losing what you said was about 75% of your clients weren't interested in having a tax person that was on the road. How did you battle back from that? That seems like a big 
kind of hit? Well, just the just the ones that came to my office. Oh, so okay. So just the face-to-face the, ones. Gotcha. Correct. Yeah, the, there were others that I already had virtual. Um, even though they lived in the same city as me, they still just uploaded their data. Um, I use everything, you know, online. So they, they were fine with the switch. They didn't even notice that I wasn't in a sticks and bricks anymore. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and I did, I did have several of my, the clients that were face-to-face, they stayed with me and mostly it was, you know what, I believe in supporting the small business owner and you've always given me good service. So I don't, unless that changes, I'm going to stick with you. Um, and when I do have, funny enough, when I have calls with him every time it's, oh, that's so cool. Like, tell me about your travels. Um, and so it's sort of like, he's like proud of me for making the decision to live the life I wanted to. Um, that's really cool. So, yeah. And it's funny, it's a life that a lot of people say they want to live as well, too. You know, I've always wanted to do that. You even started with your in-laws were jealous, or it was your mom that was jealous, or your in-laws, sorry? My mom was your jealous. Your mom was jealous that you lived <laughs> this life. And I think that's funny that, and I, 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 I know I preface this that I wouldn't make jokes that I've made before, but this, this one in the sense that when we were growing up, you know, as SNL, you're living in a van down by the river. It was kind of like they were trying to tease this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And me growing up, this lifestyle was always about for people that were retired, it was never about mm-hmm. working while traveling. So for a lot of people, it does seem really kind of odd, even still, even in, as we roll into 2020, for some people, it's still an odd lifestyle. And it's actually one of the, for me, and it sounds like for you, it's one of the best lifestyles you can have, even if it's yeah. short-term, long-term, forever, it doesn't really matter. The experience is phenomenal. Yeah, no, we've grown and learned so much. And I guess it's also a balancing act of, I'm in this new place. I want to go do this hike or go kayaking or whatever, try this restaurant um, and balancing that work and play. And it's, I feel like it's easier to do because we're in new places and my house goes with me, like my office goes with me. So I can spend the morning working and then go in the afternoon, go out on the kayak or take that hike that I wanted to. Um, I just feel like it's easier to do that. And I also have less like less uh, obligations so I don't have like the kids birthday parties and whatever else like just that rat race feeling of being in a sticks and bricks or or that's how we felt anyway um and just less obligations and more freedom and choosing what we do on a daily basis also too do you see yourself working more or less it's funny some of the people I've talked to have been surprised by the answers well let me say this let me say not work are you more more focused on work or less focused with this lifestyle what do you think for you personally it sort of goes with the seasons oh yeah <laughs> so for your job, my for business sure. is seasonable or seasonal um but in general like there's like ebb and flow i'm you know i'm really heads down for a little bit and then i just need a little bit of a break and pull back so maybe we'll spend a week a little more active or you know seeing the seeing where we are exploring a little more um and it's again it's that break from technology sometimes i just need to step away and what have been some of the biggest, let's say, challenges that you've, you know, have noticed going from, you know, being at home to then on the road? What's been the biggest challenges of owning a business and running a business on the road? Oh, biggest challenge of owning a business. I don't notice all that much difference. Maybe in some senses, like banking, um, you know, I had to adjust who I banked with, moved away from local bank to an online bank. For me, that was probably one of my biggest hiccups, um, especially with the Patriot Act and dealing with addresses and this whole, like, you have a post mailbox for an address that they don't accept. Uh, that's probably been one of our biggest hiccups. 
Yeah, I feel like anyone I talk to, it's like, get that figured out before you take off. Because, in business, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, trust me, because even when I, I was on the road two years before I started Rootless Living, and it's been a headache to get that locked in because of that situation that I'm on so the road. My, tr- my trick is to just ask a family member if you can use their address. For anyone who's not familiar with this and hasn't crossed this problem, you need a physical address, which is has to be a house, a home, a residence, and then you need a mailing address. So you can have two addresses with the banks. And if you ask a family member, or it can be a friend even if you want, uh, can I use your address as my physical address? And they say, yes, you just put it on as your physical address and then you keep whatever your PO box, your post, whatever, escapees, whatever mail service that you use, you use that um, as your mailing address. So no mail is ever going to get sent to that person that gives that you put as their address, but that's, that's what's going to satisfy the bank. And so that's my trick and a way around it. <laughs> Let me ask a specific question. Let me get some consulting from you. So for me, I'm, you know, a South Dakota resident. The only person I know from South Dakota is my roommate because she's a South Dakota resident traveling uh-huh. with me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. do I need a, for a business? Matter. It doesn't matter. So for me, I would need to just find, does it matter that it's a South Dakota address or the business can have any address? Uh, as, a, as a physical address on a bank, on a, I'm talking bank here. I'm not talking right. like when you're registering the business, but if you're talking about a bank, I would just put any address. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It just has to be a residence, like an actual residence where they can walk and ring a doorbell. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the mailing address would be whatever for you have for the business and most likely located in that state. So I could have a physical address at a friend's house in California and then just my mailing address is my PO box in South Dakota kind of a thing. Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. And Uh, I can tell you from my own experience, I've actually used my sister's address and she's in Massachusetts as a physical address. So, (laughs) and we're a Florida residence. So. Right. Right. And why did you uh, pick Florida? I mean, I, I feel like it's Florida, South Dakota, Texas are the three that are, that are out there the most. What drew you to uh, pick Florida for yourself personally? Um, for us, so we started in the big rig, the 42 foot toy hauler, and we didn't want to have to have a commercial or whatever commercial driver's license, the upgraded truck, and that's what Texas would require because of our weight. Um, and we also, for us, health insurance was a big issue, and Florida still offered a PPO or nationwide available health insurance plan, and so that was a big call to us. And otherwise, I felt like they were all pretty similar. Um, as far as, you know, no income tax and pretty low registration rates and all of that. So that was what drew, drew us originally to Florida. Well, knowing all that you know now in the three years that you've been doing this, is there anything that you would have done differently kind of in the, the beginning? I mean, I mean, besides maybe downgrading the size of the rig, is there anything you would have done differently that you wish you would have known then that you know now? Um, you know, I honestly can say I don't think so. I think we learned and grew as we went and things changed naturally and progressed. And that's just part of life. And I would do that even if I were in a stationary like sticks and bricks house. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I want to say no, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I guess, pretty, pretty good. I'm, I'm impressed by that myself. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, usually some, some people answer you know, oh, I wish I would have brought a couple more spare tires or something. So, I mean, there are little things like that, but that's good. I mean, I actually like yeah. hearing no. Now, here are two questions that I do need specific answers for. Uh, okay. The first is you're low, and then we'll do a high. Um, what's been the biggest low kind of, you know, either just moment or experience or time frame in and around being a digital nomad? What's been your biggest low? So our biggest low was we had a dog get extremely sick. 
on the road. Um, we were miles, like hundreds of miles away from any friend, any support, family member, anything, um, unfamiliar vets, um, the struggle. We really thought we were losing our dog. Um, and it, it, neither of us could work, like we couldn't focus. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a huge struggle and it was a month or six weeks of, uh, we called hell. <laughs> um, and that was probably our lowest point and anything and we just were like why are we doing this we should just stay stationary get, get help for the dog like we should go back to where we started from like um so yeah it was it was a low point for sure uh on the road i bet no they're very much like children so i can see how that could be really yeah. frustrating especially for six weeks and not being able to know and trust where to go i can see that that's a it's yes. an, an interesting and he's low. actually he has a chronic disease so we once he was diagnosed, we've been treating him on the road, um, and he's been great. So it's all worked out in the end. But when you're going through it, it doesn't feel that that simple. <laughs> right, right. No, so. and it's a, and we've had a situation with Nikki and her cats had a situation too on the road, and I totally understand what you're going through. That's an interesting low. Yeah. I don't think a lot of and people think through the pet side of stuff when they're traveling. Yeah, and I could see it even if on. Uh, you know, one of the family members, like the human family members, if a kid or a spouse or something were to have a major, you know, disease or illness, um, ha the decision to have to stay stationary to get care for them, um, just, yeah, that could be a really hard, hard stopping point for sure. Without a doubt, we were recently in North Carolina and my neighbor's husband had a stroke um, while we were there. And it made me think, I mean, you know, I we went to the hospital and ambulance and the whole thing, and it made me think after like, what would happen? Like, how would we how would we figure this out? Like you do need to kind of almost have a plan when you're traveling, especially with two people, if one got sick or injured or hurt, mm -hmm. what would you like, you need to think about that almost ahead of time. Like it's yeah. funny, that it, but it took someone else going through that for me to go, Oh, I need that plan. Well, that's one of the reasons. Um, and I don't know how many, if there's couples traveling together, um, even if it's just like boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever, you're not married. Um, I purposely made sure I knew how to drive our rig so that if something happened to my husband, I knew that I could get us to the next place or to a hospital or to the where we needed to be. Um, and so I, I really encourage if people are traveling, you know, together, that both people know how to drive the rig, even if one does most of the driving, that the other person still knows how to, not just driving, but putting things away, you know, taking, you know, emptying the sewer, the water, like all of that, pulling slides and like just know how to do all of it so that in an emergency, you know that the other person can handle it. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It's great advice. And someone once told me too, I don't have any kids that are traveling with me, but that if you have children 13 and older, teach them how to disconnect and teach them mm -hmm. how to drive, especially in boondocking situations, like how to be able to get to the main highway kind of a thing. And I thought, I don't think even, you know, with four adult children, I don't think I would have thought to even think to do that and practice yeah. that. So that's really great advice. I'm glad you brought it up for sure. No one's brought that up yet, so that's good. Now let's talk about a high. Let's let's end it with a let's end it with a high. <laughs> What's been uh and I and I know this is the one I feel like where people really have to kind of rack their brain because this lifestyle does have a lot of highs. And and what's been like a, a really great high for you? Um, I wanna say my favorite week, and I still act like a little kid when I talk about it, uh, is our week spent at the Balloon Fiesta in Albuquerque in October. Um, at just every day waking up and having balloons, literally, like we had our, and hundreds of balloons were over the sky, and they landed in the RV area, and I just, it was, I had, I had to like recover for the next week because I was exhausted just from the excitement and also waking up at whatever, four in the morning. Um, but it was just an amazing experience. Um, and then we met people there that just 
and it just helped make the experience better. Um, and that some of me is afraid to go back because the experience wouldn't be the same. <laughs> but that was a huge high for me that week. Yeah, it's definitely on my bucket list. I mean, I've been into in and around New Mexico, but not in the October month to be able to enjoy that. And so, and it sounds like it takes yeah. a lot of prep too, kind of ahead of time. And I'm hoping that I can get some press credentials and be able to actually do it and kind yeah, of sneak I, in that way. I mean, we love that. That that could be true. You can also volunteer. So if right. you wanted to, you can volunteer with one of the balloons in the morning to help them. Um, and we actually they land. So if you stay in the RV designated as part of the festival it is across the street from the park where they lift off and sometimes land um so they will land in the rv area they actually leave areas open like big fields open for them to land among the rvs and we had one landed all that well, came down i mean i could talk to the whatever the balloon what is he called whatever he the operator of the balloon is like 20 feet off the ground up above me they're throwing down their ropes for you to help them like you know stay up and stationary like once they land and and it was just really the whole experience of it was amazing so i recommend definitely boondocking in the parking lot where right next to the festival so awesome now i want to end where people can find you i mean i, I know we've talked about it, but i want to make sure people specifically know where to find you and obviously all this information that she's about to list off will be available in the show notes and then anywhere else where I'll post it I'll make sure to link it so they can find you as well too but where do people need to find you? Uh, if you want to reach my business it's tax-queen.com I'm also on Facebook if you're interested in following me um, maybe just getting some tips and stuff there uh, personally, we are Roman Ryans. Um, I, you know, as my last name, Heather Ryan, and we do have an Instagram and a Facebook for that. We don't blog really about it, um, but we do share and we like to meet other nomads. We've met quite a few people off Instagram, so please feel free to follow us and reach out. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Heather, thanks so much for being on the show. This was really, really good, and I have a feeling we will be. Uh, talking a bunch because I think this yeah. is uh, really in the top five of kind of important things that people need to know and understand if they're awesome. traveling or running a business. So thanks yeah, again for thanks. your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. All right. Another great podcast in the books. Please take a second and give this episode a review as that is a huge help for me to be able to get the word out about it. And if you happen to know anyone that is either an inspiring digital nomad or is a digital nomad, please share it with them. Now, don't forget to head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital copy of your Rootless Living magazine. And you know what? If you think you would make a good guest for this podcast or you know someone that would make a good guest for this podcast, have them reach out to us at podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. Until next week, stay rootless.